Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you watching the broadcast, and I believe it's going to be a very profitable time for you. We're going to be talking about expecting God to break through for you. And I know that many of you that are watching right now could use a breakthrough in your life. Many of you are believing God for some things that look absolutely impossible. But you know, that's what our God specializes in, the impossible. I'm telling you, I've been walking with him now for almost 47 years. Well, by the time you see this broadcast, it will be 47 years. And here's the beautiful thing. He's never let me down, not one time. He's always come through. He's been faithful, and praise God for that. So we're talking about today expecting God to break through for you. We're going to be talking about it for several weeks. So I want to encourage you to make your plans to join us each and every week because we're going to keep building on this and we're going to lay the foundation for it today. But I'm going to give you a lot of scripture and a lot of key points and truths from God's word that I know will help you position yourself for the breakthrough that you need in your life. Now, I want to encourage you to don't let anything distract you. And that's one of Satan's ways, is to try to distract you so that what you need to hear, you might miss it. You know, something might go on uh, in, the, in another room in your house, and it gets your attention. And the next thing you know, you have missed the point that you needed to hear the most. So make up your mind right now, you're going to pay close attention. I think that's what Jesus meant when he said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, you know, everybody out there had ears on their head, but he wasn't talking about these physical ears necessarily, but yes, they are involved. You need to hear it with these ears, but you also need to hear it with the ears of your spirit. Because once it gets down in your spirit, then nobody can take it away from you. Praise God. So once again, I want to encourage you to, to dis discipline yourself right now that you are not going to let anything distract you so that you can hear what God wants you to hear. The Bible says in Romans 10, Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's why it's so important that you position yourself to hear the word so that faith will arise and praise God. The Bible says it's your faith that will overcome the world. Now, we're going to go to an announcement right now about our Adventures in Faith magazine. I want you to receive this absolutely free, and all you have to do is let us know that you'd like to receive it so that we can send it to you. But I want you to watch this announcement, and our announcer is going to talk to you about how that you can begin to receive the Adventures in Faith magazine in your home on a regular basis. Watch now, and then I'll be right back and we'll begin our lesson today on expecting God to break through for you. Adventures in Faith is Jerry Savelle's free quarterly magazine, and it's available to you today. Inside each issue are powerful teachings by Brother Jerry and Carolyn Savelle, as well as faith-building articles from many other featured guests. For some time, my life had been difficult to live and nothing I tried was helping. During one of my dark moments, I received my copy of Adventures in Faith magazine. I read it from cover to cover, and by the time I finished, the darkness had lifted and I felt so much better. I have been blessed reading Adventures in Faith. You have completely changed my thinking, and I know that God can and will do what He promised in His Word. Thank you for helping me get out of depression and realize my full potential. 
you can read your first issue today. Simply go online to jerrysavelle.org or download the Jerry Savelle app on your mobile device to begin reading issues immediately. You can also call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and register to receive a printed version twice per year, delivered right to your mailbox. Don't wait. Now's your chance for more faith in your life. Register today for Adventures in Faith. All right, you be sure to place your order for that magazine. Subscribe to it so that we can get it into your home, okay? Now, we're talking about expecting God to break through for you. You know, I wrote down a definition here this morning before coming into the studio for expect. What does it mean to expect? It means to entertain the belief that an event will happen. To entertain the belief that an event will happen and that God will come through for you. Praise God. That God will come through for you. I also wrote this, expectancy is based on knowledge. You know, you can't really truly expect God to do something based on assumptions. You have to have the truth. You have to have knowledge. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 62, 5, listen to this. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. My soul, now the soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And he says, my soul, wait upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Now, if your expectation is from Him, then it's also from His Word, because that's how we know how He thinks. That's how we know what His will is. His Word is His will. He's never going to say something in His Word and then will the opposite. So, you could say it that like this, my expectation is from the Word of God. You see, if I know what the Word says, then I have every right to expect it to come to pass. Why? Because God is not a man that He should lie. God tells the truth. It's the devil that lies. And when you know what God says, then you can have positive expectation. Now, if you want to know what He says about your health, then go to the Word because you're going to hear the truth. The Bible says, by His stripes ye were healed. The Bible says that Himself bore your sickness and carried your disease. Why? So that you could live in health. So once you know what the Word says, it will create a positive expectancy. See, I know God's going to supply my needs. Well, how do you know that, Brother Jerry? How can you be so bold to say that God will supply your needs? Because I found it in His Word, Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, I found that from the Word. Now, my attitude is, if God didn't intend to back that, He shouldn't have put it in my copy of the book. Because once I find it, I'm going for it. And I'm not going to let anything distract me. I'm not going to let anything interfere with what I believe. I've had Christians tell me, well, you know, we, we believed that one time, but it didn't work. Well, I'm sorry it didn't work for you, but I'm not basing my faith on your experiences. I'm basing my faith on thus saith the Word of God. Can anybody in the audience agree with me? Amen? So you have to know what the Word says, and then you have to determine that the Word is final authority. Because there are many voices out there. You know that. There are many voices out there, and they're all trying to distract you. They're all trying to convince you that it won't work. Well, you know, I don't understand people following other people who say it won't work. When there are 
hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions of people in the world today that it is working for. I happen to be one of them. You know, I just don't listen to people who talk negative about the Word of God. Now, I'm sorry that it didn't work for them, but I can promise you this. It wasn't the Word's fault. They missed it somewhere. Anybody agree with that? Amen. Amen. They missed it somewhere. It wasn't the Word's fault. It wasn't God's fault. I always say it like this. God didn't miss it. Jesus didn't miss it. The Holy Ghost didn't miss it. The Word of God didn't miss it. The angels didn't miss it. Is there anybody else involved? Me. If there's any missing it, it's me. It's you. Amen. Amen. Now, I know we don't like that. You know, we want to blame somebody else. We got that from Adam. You know, when, when God come through that garden and said, what happened here, boy? He said, that woman you gave me, you know, I'm doing fine till you made her. Yeah, right. And so, you know, we always want to point the blame somewhere else. But the blame is right here. If it's not working for you, in fact, the book of Haggai says, consider your ways. If you're sowing much and reaping little, in other words, it's not working, then consider your ways. You know, so it's important that you take responsibility. If it's not working, then you're missing it. So your expectation is to come from the Word of God. Now, back a number of years ago, I was preaching in a little town called Liberty, Texas, not too far from Houston. And uh, when I arrived there, I went to the hotel. I'd been preaching every night for several days, a little over a week, and a pastor friend of mine there in Liberty asked me if I would add one more day to my schedule and come to his church. So I agreed to do that. But when I got to the hotel, I was very tired from all of the, uh, the week's activities and preaching every night and traveling and so forth. So when I got to the hotel, only thing I wanted to do was just take a nap. I didn't even unpack yet. Only thing I unpacked was my alarm clock, you know, and I thought I'm going to lay down here and take one of those power naps, you know, about an hour nap so that I would be at my best when I got in that service that night. So I set my alarm for one hour and I put it on the bed stand there. I got in the bed and was preparing to have a nice nap. But before I could even close my eyes, I had a visitation of the Lord. I did not know it was going to happen. I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't ask for it. This is the second time at that time that this had happened to me. Uh, A supernatural visitation of the Lord where the Shekinah glory completely filled that room. I couldn't even see the furniture in that little motel room anymore. It was just full of the presence of God and the glory of God. And during that time, the Lord said this to me. He said, my people don't know me as the God of the breakthrough. He said, if they did, they wouldn't be so quick to give up. Wow, what a powerful statement. My people don't know me as the God of the breakthrough. If they did, then they wouldn't be so quick to give up. He went on to say this, they know me as Savior. They know me as Redeemer. They know me as the soon coming King. Some of them know me as Healer, but not all of them know me as the God of the breakthrough. And he said it again, if they did, they wouldn't be so quick to give up. Now, how do you get to know God as Savior. You read about it in His Word. How do you get to know Him? As, you know, uh, the Lord. You read about it in the Word. How do you get to know Him as Redeemer? You read about it in the Word. You see, when you read those things from the Word of God, then it builds this confidence, faith on the inside of you that He is what He says He is. You know, every time, uh, David was great about this. 
I'm so glad that God allowed David to write about his experiences with God because I've gained a whole lot from them. And David was good about when God manifested himself in a new way, David would write about it. That's why he would refer to God sometimes as my high tower, my fortress, my deliverer. Where did he get all of that? Because God showed up in that way. When, God, when David needed deliverance, God became his deliverer. And then he refers to him as that. David gave God all these names. And as a result of it, you and I can call him those same names. We have the right to experience those same manifestations. He says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Where did he learn that? Because God showed up in his life as the shepherd. He's my fortress. Where did he learn that? Because when he needed a fortress, God showed up and became his fortress. And so there are many names given to God and each name represents God showing himself in a different way. See, I know him as savior. I know him as a redeemer. I know him as healer. I know him as deliverer, but I also know him as the God of the breakthrough. Praise God. Why? Because I saw it in the word of God and I began expecting him to break through for me. And he has, and I believe he he will continue to do so every time I need a breakthrough. So that's the reason I made up my mind a long, long time ago. And if you've ever heard me preach at least once, you probably heard me say, quit is not an option. Why? Because why quit when God promises to break through for you? Can anybody in here say amen? Can I get a witness? Praise God. Amen. So God is the God of the breakthrough. Where did I learn that? From the word of God. So let's go and see where David actually referred to him as the God of the breakthrough. Let's go to 1 Chronicles chapter 14. I think this is such a powerful chapter, and you ought to study it and uh, become well acquainted with it so that you begin to have this expectation that God will break through for you. Amen. Notice in 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 2 says, And David perceived that the Lord had confirmed him king over Israel, for his kingdom was lifted up on high because of his people Israel. Now, sometime back, you remember the prophet went down to Jesse's house, not to plant us another Jesse. And uh, uh, the prophet went down to Jesse's house and he was looking for the next king. God told him that one of the sons of Jesse would be the next king, uh, king to follow uh, Saul. And so, you know, Jesse lined up all his boys except David. David was out herding sheep. He lined up all his boys. The prophet went and looked at each and every one of them and eventually said, this is not the one. Don't you have any more sons? And say, he said, well, we've got another boy. He's out herding the sheep, but in his mind, it couldn't possibly be David. That's the reason the Bible says God looks on the heart, not the outward appearance. And so he just figured it couldn't possibly be David, but they brought David up and the moment uh, the prophet saw David, he said, behold the king. In other words, this is the one. And as soon as he got through saying that, then David went back and kept herding sheep. He didn't become king of Israel that day. He went back herding sheep. But let me tell you something, you can learn a lot about being a king by herding sheep. <laughs> Amen. Sure, 
Am I, am I telling the truth, pastors? Amen. Because that's what you do, herd sheep, you know. And, uh, and so David went back to watching over the sheep, but he learned so much. And he later put that into practice, you know, as king. Now, here later, I mean, by this time, he's already defeated Goliath, you know, the, the, the champion of the Philistines. David's had a lot of victories in his life already. But now it's time for him to be confirmed as king over Israel. And that's what this verse 2 is referring to. But notice verse 8. It says, And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek David. Now, that doesn't mean they went up to inquire of him and have a conversation with him. In fact, the message translation says, the minute they heard, they went out in force to capture David. Isn't that amazing? God gives you a promotion, and look who shows up, the devil. Amen? I mean, the Philistines are symbolic of our adversary, the devil. The Philistines were always the opposers of God, the opposers of God's people. And isn't it amazing? God blesses you. God gives you a victory. God promotes you. And what happens? I mean, before you can hardly stop the rejoicing, he's already launched another attack. And so notice it says that all the Philistines went out in force to capture David. They knew it would be better to capture this man, destroy him right here at the beginning of his reign as king, then give him years, and, and people begin to sing about him and talk about him, about a mighty warrior and a great king that he was. No, let's get rid of him right now at the beginning of his reign. And so they launched an attack against him. Verse 9 says, And the Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephraim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? And will you deliver them into my hand? Now notice, David said, I'm willing to go up against them, but can I expect you to deliver them into my hand? I think if God would have said no, then David would have took off running for his life. Amen. But notice he said he inquired of God, saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? And will you deliver them into my hand? In other words, I need some positive expectation here. I need some positive motivation. Now notice once again, it says all the Philistines. The message translation says they went out in force. So he's outnumbered. So in the natural, this is impossible. And what does he say? See, that's what you ought to be discovering, finding out. God, can I depend on you to be with me in this uh, endeavor? Can I expect you to deliver me? Can I expect you to be on my side? Can I expect you to stand with me? Well, how are you going to know if God is willing to do that? You're going to know his word. Amen. When God tells me to step out in faith, I don't hesitate, particularly after all these years of doing it, because I know already based on what I found in his word and based on the experiences I've had with God of him coming through. I don't hesitate. I step out in faith because I've already asked, Lord, can I expect you to deliver me? Can I expect you to supply the money for this? Can I expect you to do what you said in your word? And I already know the answer to that. Yes, hallelujah. And notice right here, when David inquired of the Lord, can I expect you to deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto him, go up, 
for I will deliver them into thy hand. That's a word from God. That's a rhema. And see, when you have a rhema from God, then it builds a positive expectation. David did not expect to be defeated. David did not go out there just a hoping and a praying he would win. No, David went out there and faced the Philistines, even though he was totally outnumbered, and he knew that he knew that he knew that he knew that God was going to break through for him. Why? Because God promised, I will deliver them into thine hand. So David's attitude is, well, let's go. Hallelujah. Amen. And the only thing left to do is just write about it, praise God, because God's already promised a victory for me. And verse 11 says, So they came up to Belperism, and David smote them there. Then David said, Now listen to this statement. This is where David begins to refer to God as the God of the breakthrough. David said, God hath broken in upon my enemies by my hand like the breaking forth of waters. What does that mean? Well, you know, here not too long ago, right here in Texas, in our area, we had some major flooding. I mean, we had so much rain and there was flooding. You know, people in California have experienced flooding. People up in the uh, Missouri area have experienced flooding with the Mississippi River overflowing its bank. When there is a flood, you can't contain it. I mean, when there is a bursting forth of water, that means it can't be contained. This is what David is saying. He's saying, when God broke through for me, it was like a flood and my enemy could not contain it. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you like for God to break through for you like a flood and your enemy cannot contain it? So he says, God broke through for me like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore, they called the name of that place Bel Perizzo. Now, if you read this story from your amplified version, it will actually say that the, when they called the name of this place Belperism, it means in the Hebrew, the Lord of the breaking through. They not only referred to God from that time forward as the God of the breaking through, but they named the place the Lord of the breaking through. Why? Because every time they passed by that place, it was a reminder that when you're facing something impossible, the God of the breakthrough will show up if you dare expect it. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a shout in here. Amen. Amen. I've had God break through for me so many times over the years. And I remember exactly all the places where that breakthrough came. And, and you know, I travel to those places from time to time and have over the years. You know, I might be in, in London, and I, I recall when the Lord broke through for me in London. I recall when God broke through for me in Nairobi, Kenya. I recall when God broke through for me when I was out in Los Angeles. Every place I go, there's a story there, a testimony there of how God broke through, praise God. There ought to be some places in your life Amen. that are known as Belperism, the place where God broke through for you. Amen? Amen? So that's the reason why you should never give up. Why? Because God is the God of the breaking through. You know what that literally means? He makes a way. And didn't Jesus say, I am the way? Amen? The God of the breakthrough lives on the inside of you. The God of the breakthrough has promised he will never leave you nor forsake you. So why would you ever want to give up? Why would you ever want to quit? 
Well, it doesn't look like it's going to take place. Well, I'm sure the first minute that David faced all the Philistines out in force, I'm sure it looked like, is he ever going to show up? You know, a minute can seem like an eternity when you're under pressure. But God showed up. And I don't care how long you've been waiting. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care how impossible it looks. If you are convinced from the Word of God, see, your expectation is from Him. Your expectation is from the Word. If you're convinced from the Word of God that God is the God of the breakthrough, then you stand your ground, having done all to stand, stand, and you're going to wind up with a testimony, God broke through for you. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout in here. Amen. Praise God. I preach myself happy. I hope I'm helping you. God is the God of the breakthrough. Everybody say that with me. God is the God of the breakthrough. Look at your neighbor saying he's about to break through for you. Amen. Praise God. What a powerful truth from the Word of God. And we're just getting started. Man, we got three more weeks. We're going to talk about this, so don't you dare miss any program. Watch this announcement now, and I'll be back with some closing remarks. It's time to expect God's breakthrough for you. Oppression can make you feel completely helpless, struggling to make it day to day. In the book, Free at Last from Oppression, Jerry Savelle teaches truths about your situation and how Jesus paid the price for your freedom. Success is a result of good habits, but bad habits leave you high and dry. It's time to get fed up with non-productive habits. In Free at Last from Old Habits, you'll learn how to tap into power that can set you free. Also included in today's package is 2016, the year of the great breaking loose. In this three CD teaching, Jerry Savelle shares a prophetic word from the Lord for the body of Christ concerning 2016. Request this breakthrough trio, including Free at Last from Oppression, Free at Last from Old Habits, and 2016, the year of the great breaking loose today. Don't wait, call or go online to jerrysavelle.org. Expect God's breakthrough for you. You know, we produce these products for your benefit. This is the way I learned it. I got resources from Kenneth Copeland, from Kenneth Hagan, Oral Roberts, T.L. Osborne, and uh, men of faith. And as I began to read their books and listen to their, their, they were called tapes back then when I first started, and listen to those tapes and read the books, it was so faith building. Even though I was scripturally illiterate when I came to the Lord, I didn't know anything. But their resources helped me get an understanding of what it meant to be a Christian. I mean, what it meant to have a covenant with God, what it meant to walk by faith. And I'm telling you, it changed my life. That's the reason we produce these resources. And you know, there are some of you that are watching today, you need a breakthrough from old habits. Some of you are being held back by old habits, and they're not allowing you to enter into the realm of victory that God wants you to live in, and you need a breakthrough from old habits. Here, we'll tell you how to experience that in that book. This one, a breakthrough from oppression and heaviness. This book will tell you how to do that. And then, coming into 2016, the Lord gave me a prophetic word that it would come to be known as the year of the great breaking loose. And there are three CDs in this series talking about how to position yourself 
for the great breaking loose. There's some things going to break through or break loose in your life during the course of 2016. So these are faith building, and I want to encourage you, order them right now. And don't forget about the Adventures in Faith magazine. It'll be a blessing to you, articles by myself, my wife Carolyn, and others. It'll show you our itinerary everywhere we're going to be so you can get in one of the meetings. Thanks again for watching today. Thank you, audience, for being here with us. We'll see you again next week. And until then, don't you ever forget, your faith will overcome the world.